You're listening to Life with Impact. Join us as we continue to rediscover the heart of Jesus together. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. I have the pleasure of starting us off on a new series. This series that we are going to be uh, going over the next four weeks, it's a four-week series, is entitled Cancelled. And the focus of this is the idea of cancelled culture. I'm sure most of us are familiar with the term, the phrase cancelled culture. It seems to be a popular thing right now. So we are going to look uh, through the lens of the Bible at cancelled culture and just examine it and, and what does God's word say about how we as Christ followers are supposed to be. And not even so much in response to cancel culture, but in response to Jesus and keeping our eyes focused on him and what he has for us. So this first week, we are going to be in the book of Colossians, the third chapter, and we're going to be talking, um, going through verses 1 through 17. I'm excited about this series because, man, Cancel culture stands in direct contrast, stark contrast to the teachings of Jesus and what he calls us to do. And Jesus has called us to do what is often very difficult uh, from our worldly eyes, from our worldly view. Cancel culture. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise that your word does not go out void. So lead us, Holy Spirit, during this time as we look at uh, this, this letter to the church in Colossae, written by Paul. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and our minds to what you have for us. Move us, not for us, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today I'm going to be reading out of the message uh, version. Uh, paraphrase, if, you, uh, if that may be a little more accurate way to describe it. But the message has, Eugene Peterson has a great way of almost explaining the Bible as if you read a passage and then we're saying it to a friend. So we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3 out of the message. And I've kind of broken it into several sections because we have quite a few verses that we're going to go through. But man, this text is so rich and points us in a direction where, man, what does God say about cancel culture? So I want to just start off with a little bit of a definition of cancel culture. Cancel culture is the idea of you mess up, you say something wrong, you do something wrong, you have an opinion that is not popular, or you name it, whatever it may be. Cancel culture means you get canceled. You can lose your job, lose your friends. Um, it, it's kind of the, the opposite of forgiveness or the opposite of understanding. So we're at a time where if you mess up, you're canceled. We're going to look at Colossians 3 and see what the Apostle Paul has to tell us from God's Word about canceled culture. So this first section, I want you guys to think about it this way. This is about us. I'm talking to you directly and to me directly. The first part of Colossians chapter 3 is talking about our lives as Christ followers. Remember, this is an epistle written to the church that was literally physically present in Colossae. So it's called Colossians. And we're going to see what the Apostle Paul had to say about the church at Colossae. We're going to see what the Apostle Paul has to say to us, God's church today. Beginning of verse 1. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. 
Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Verse 3. Your old self is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you will show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Wow. First four verses starts off with a bang. There's some, there's some serious truths and some things to examine here. So Paul begins with, so if you're serious about living this resurrection life with Christ, act like it. So he charges us right away. If you're listening to this and you're serious about being a Christ follower, Paul is saying, act like it. Our actions, right? And we've been talking about this often in these prior series, act. Faith without works is dead, right? Action. Our faith is active. So Paul's saying, if you're serious about this, you need to act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. So see, Paul's already saying, he's pointing, pursue the things over which Christ presides. And he's going to get talk about this later, but don't pursue the things of this earth, of this world. Pursue the things of Christ. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. I love that. It's difficult. I almost read the first time through. I don't know if you caught that. I almost read, uh, be alert to what is going on around you. But it's Christ. And that's such a good reminder. We, it's so easy for us to fall into what is happening around me. God, how does this affect me? God, what do you have for me to do? Some of those questions are good, but really should be focused on what is happening around Christ, what is happening around his kingdom. So Paul's saying, if you're serious, look to Christ. Pursue the things of Christ. See things from his perspective. So we have to change our mindset. It's not about me. It's not about Kevin. It's about Jesus. Jesus, how would you view this? So in the context of cancel culture, Not how would Kevin view somebody who has offended him, who maybe has offended you. Kevin may cancel them. Kevin may not talk to them again. I need to look at this through Christ's eyes, his perspective. And it's very different. Okay, we're going to go on here. So in verse 3, it says, Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectator, is with Christ in God. He is your life. This is huge and we can't miss this. Paul is saying, here's the reality. If you are a Christ follower, your old life is dead. Okay? That's the reality. Your new life is in Christ. And remember he's saying this is invisible, right? Because it's not this physical realm. It's the unseen realm, the spiritual realm. Your life is in Christ. This is now your real life. Not this external flesh and blood, but your heart and your mind and your soul is in Christ. Okay, so when Christ, he he reminds us that when Christ, um, remember this is your real life, shows up again on earth when he comes back, you'll show up to the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. So Paul reminds us and he encourages us. I love this. He says, hey, look, Christ is going to return. And when he does, you return with him. Ah, This, your glorious self, how Christ intended, how he has made you whole. But I love this. For now, for now, 
while we're on this earth, while we're doing what we're doing right now, while we're talking, while we're doing our things. It says, Paul says, be content with obscurity like Christ. What is he saying? He's saying our life is in Christ. It's not in this external. Don't seek this world. Don't seek fame, fortune, all those things. Seek Christ alone. I love that. So this is all laying the foundation of a canceled, the opposite of, of what does it mean to be canceled, cancel culture. We have to look at the world through Christ's eyes, through his perspective. Verse 8. And this means killing off everything connected with that way of, of life. And remember, we just talked about your old life is dead. So, so Paul goes on. This means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust. Doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it. Grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It is because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. I'm going to stop there. So... Here Paul's encouraging us to be active with, we need to kill off the old things, the way of death, right? And he lists these things, um, sexual sin, sexual promiscuity, right? Impurity, lust. I love this, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like. Grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. You see, that's the old way. I'll do what I want to do, when I want to do it. And I won't care who I hurt along the way, as long as I'm happy. Sexual promiscuity, man, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. That is the old way of life. I'm going to take something because I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. It's about me, me, me. Paul is saying we have to kill off that way of death. So he goes on and he talks about um, this is why God is going to judge us. His wrath is going to come. He's going to be angry because of all this sin, because of our rebellion against him. He says, it wasn't long ago that you were all, that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Do you hear that? Before we knew Christ, Paul talks about this a lot in his epistles. We were lost. These are the way we did things. We did it in ignorance. We didn't even know. We know it's bad, but we didn't know why. We're just living in that. But once we are in Christ, we know better. And so he's challenging us. Make sure it's all gone. You hear that word, all. Make sure it's all gone. And then he says for good. Everything. The entirety of our old way of life. Friends, I have been so guilty of this in my life where I hold on to something. I want to hold on to pride about something that I think that I figured out or I want to hold on to a bit of anger or something from my past. Paul is saying we have to let it all go, everything. And this has to be for good. He lists a few things again. Remember, this is what we have to let go of. Our bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. He says, don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. Friends, if you're in a place where you have a bad temper, you're irritable with people, you're mean, you have profanity, meaning, right, where's your profanity? If you cut somebody out, it comes from your heart because you're mean, you're angry, you're irritable. Somebody cuts you off. Get the bleep out of my way. You're angry. This is what he's talking about. That is the old self. 
right? He's saying, man, we have to get rid of that for good. And he says, don't lie to one another. You're done with that old way of life. And I love this. We're going to start talking about this, this transition and this picture that he starts to paint here, this analogy. And I think this is something that we can hold on to. He says, it's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Would you guys to picture that for a minute? It's like a, a filthy set, that adjective. It's filthy, it's dirty, it's yucky. They're disgusting clothes. And I love that it says that they're ill-fitting. They don't even fit you anymore. That's your old self. So you have these dirty clothes on you. They don't fit because you are new in Christ, but we have those. He's saying those are like we've thrown them off and we've burned them in the fire. Contrast that with now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Friends, we've been dressed in a new wardrobe with Christ. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider, outsider, uncivilized, uncouth, slave or free, they mean nothing. None of those terms mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. I love this. Just do away with all that circumcised, uncircumcised. All these, these slave free, none of it matters. It's only about Christ. So friends, picture that. We have to put off this old way, the dirty clothes that really don't even fit us but we try to keep them on. And he's saying we have this glorious wardrobe custom made by the creator for you and for me. That's how much he loves us. We have new clothes in Christ. So, verse 12. Chosen by God for this new life of love. Dressed in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Now here it comes. The opposite of those temper, irritability, right? Here is a description of our new clothes in Christ. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly as completely as the master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I love that. Here's the new life. Here's the new wardrobe. Think about this, how beautiful this is. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength. Don't you love that? Not that, yes, I am in the room and I am strong. Listen to me. I'm going to push my opinion on you. No, it's a quiet strength. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, but there's strength in that. Listening, being sensitive to God, to the Spirit, acting on His direction, being obedient to Him. Disciplined, right? Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. That sounds a little bit different than cancel culture. In Christ, we don't cancel people. We are quick to forgive. In fact, we are quick to come alongside them. We are quick to help them. We are quick to love them. I love how, the, I love how Paul goes to describe this. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Never be without love, friends. This is what Christ has shown us, and this is what we are to show others. So our basic garment, I picture this like trench coat, right? We have all these beautiful things on compassion, forgiveness, and then we have this, this trench coat that goes over to love, and it protects them all. Our basic garment, never leave the house without it. 
Verse 15, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Man, verses 15 through 17 are powerful. He just gets done telling this, wear love always, your all-purpose garment, never be without it. And he says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. I love this. In the, in the NIV, it reads, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. So there's this idea of peace. Cancel culture has a sense of finality, unforgiveness, anger, judgment, all of those things wrapped in. This is talking, we're talking now about love in Christ. We have love. In Christ, we have peace. This is a word that marks us in Christ. We have peace. And I love when he says, and be thankful. So we have a heart of thanksgiving to God for what he has done for us. Right in that same, when we are, when we recognize how we have been changed and how Christ's love has changed us, then we can have the perspective of loving others. Then we can have the perspective and the reality in how we treat others that we don't cancel them. We forgive them. And as Jesus said, how many times you forgive? 70 times seven. His point was, it never ends. So brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't cancel people. We forgive them. We encourage them. We show them peace. Those are powerful. It's not always easy. Colossians starts off with, we are new in Christ. It's not about us, it's about Him. So we have to remember, it's not about us trying harder to do these things. When the author of Colossians talks about putting these things off, putting to death these things, that only happens through Jesus Christ. That only happens through the Holy Spirit empowering in us. And so he, these last uh, three verses he's talking about, man, you have to be in God's Word, right? It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's a lot of action taking place here. It's not sitting back idly and just saying, God, help me. I don't want to cancel people. I want to forgive people. No, this is active. We are in God's word and we're teaching each other and we're sharing with each other. And we're encouraging each other. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're supposed to just be just caught up with the awesomeness of God's love. And in turn, we can show other people that love. It's about Christ, friends. And it's about us pressing into the person of Christ. If you're here today, you're listening to this, and you're thinking, man, man, Kevin, there's so many of the old garments that I still have on. I feel like I put on a new shirt, but man, I got my old stinky socks on. And they're the ones I wore in fifth grade. They don't even fit me anymore. They're all twisted around on my foot. I encourage you today to take those off. Get rid of those, burn them in the fire. Have time with God today. We've been talking a lot about 
um, Dustin's been sharing with us. This isn't about just hearing what I'm saying. It's about doing. So I'm going to pray right now as we close. But I want you guys to engage in this prayer after me. After you click and turn this off, I want you guys to seek God and say, God, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me the old garments, the ill-fitting garments that I'm still wearing. Take those from me. I give them to you. Burn them. I don't want any remembrance of them, any trace of them. Clothe me, Holy Spirit. Your spirit brings love and peace, gentleness, patience. Those only come from you. May we be alert that when we don't have those that we recognize, man, God, I'm not walking in your spirit. Let's take care of those right away. God, renew us. We love you. Thank you for being on this journey with us. May we be marked as a, a people that are unoffendable. We don't cancel people. We forgive people. We love people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We love you. We appreciate you. And may God be with you. Thanks for joining us this week on Life with Impact. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Life with Impact. And to watch the full virtual service, make sure to check us out on YouTube at Impact CC. Have a great week.